Hot off the press is the Metropolitan Opera's 2019-20 season announcement, featuring five new productions, including two Met premieres, and a lineup of repertoire favorites with stunning casts. Today on the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast, a look at the new productions coming up next season. The Metropolitan Opera Guild is dedicated to enriching people's lives through an awareness and deeper appreciation of opera. Our podcast features lectures and events presented by the Guild in support of performances at the Metropolitan Opera. The Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast is funded in part by support from the Stuart J. Pierce Memorial Fund. To learn more, visit metguild.org. Every February, opera lovers eagerly await the Metropolitan Opera's new season announcement. I'm your host, Naomi Baratera, and today we have a special conversation between Opera News Editor-in-Chief F. Paul Driscoll and Met Opera Radio's William Berger. They're going to fill us in on all the new productions coming up next season, and we'll hear a few favorite musical moments. Hi, I'm F. Paul Driscoll, Editor-in-Chief of Opera News, and I'm here with my friend, Will Berger, to discuss the Metropolitan Opera's season for next year, 2019-2020, and the new productions that the Met has in store. And let's begin at the beginning, if we may. What opens the season in September? One of my favorite operas, one of the most exciting operas in the repertory, and a true American masterpiece, Porgy and Bess by the Gershwins, in a new production with a marvelous cast, including many singers I've worked with here at the Met before, Angel Blue and Eric Owens and Golda Schultz and Latanya Moore and Denise Graves and Ryan Speedo Green, Alfred Walker, and a few people I haven't met yet. And I honestly could not think of anything I'd rather experience for opening night. Porgy and Bess was first presented on Broadway Tell me about that world and what it presents. What's it bringing to the Met stage? This work is a large vision of a community, a disadvantaged community, an African-American community near Charleston, uh, perhaps in the 1920s, or at least that's originally where it was, and specific individuals within that, including our leads, Porgy and Bess, who are a very unlikely love story, of a a crippled man and a woman of the world and all of the people around them who affect their relationship and are part of the community. So it's this remarkable operatic vision of both individuals and a whole society, a society that doesn't often get represented, let alone this penetratingly, on any musical stage. There's so much in this score that's so marvelous. Probably the most familiar tune is Summertime, which is not sung by Porgy or Bess initially. But what are your other favorite numbers from the score? Right. I mean, Summertime is the very first number that we hear. But we also hear another cast member singing My Man is Gone Now, which is a thrilling moment of singing and can be, especially with in the context of the chorus and the solo together. We hear numbers that reflect the Broadway provenance of the piece, uh, such as It Ain't Necessarily So, sung by Sport and Life, a kind of 
diabolical character, and that is this remarkable piece of theatrical characterization, unforgettable. And choruses, orchestral interludes also, besides the hit song, so to speak, the entire score is truly thrilling. Mm-hmm. What was the first time you saw Porgy and Bess? Where was it? The first time I saw it was in Los Angeles when I was a kid, and it was the Houston Grand Opera's touring company of a famous production they did that played a large part in bringing this work to the American public as a live opera experience. Mm-hmm. And right away in that moment, I thought, wow, I am all about this piece and I'm always going to be. And then I've experienced it here at the Met since then. That was a new thing at one time Mm -hmm. in recent memory and elsewhere. And it always rocks my world. It really does on so many levels. What an amazing work. And this is a brand new production by James Robinson that's gotten wonderful reviews in London at English National Opera and in Amsterdam at the Dutch National Opera. Right. I've already been hearing great things about it. Uh Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it hugely. And David Robertson is conducting, and he was last here for The Cozy by Phelan McDermott, who directs the next new production, which is up at the Met next season, yes? It is not only a new production, but a Metropolitan Opera premiere of another opera I've enjoyed elsewhere quite a bit, Akhenaten of Philip Glass. Tell me who Akhenaten was. Akhenaten was a pharaoh of Egypt who is thought of as perhaps the originator of the entire concept of monotheism, Mm -hmm. belief in one God. So it's not just a historical figure, but also a figure in intellectual thought, just how humanity sees who we are. And furthermore, he's known for a great love he had for his wife, the Queen Nefertiti, who is also an important figure in this opera, not just as a conventional love story that you might get in any opera, but as this great union of souls who, between the two of them, come up with a whole new way of seeing life. You know, F. Paul, what's great about a Philip Glass opera, the best Philip Glass operas, is that they're literally transformative. You're Mm -hmm. a different person on the way out than you had been on the way into the theater. And I find that remarkable. And Fellow McDermott has done such magic with other pieces that I really, really trust him to take on this work. And of course, Anthony Roth Costanzo in the title role, who has been making great waves all around the world in this role. And a conductor whose work I don't know, but I'm looking forward to, Karen Kamensek. Great cast. Beautiful, beautiful opera. It's a gorgeous production. I saw it in Los Angeles with Anthony Roth Costanzo, and I thought it was stunning. It has jugglers. It has wonderful light shows. It just literally stops time. I think it's gorgeous. And if people haven't experienced this magic before, I would recommend that they do it again. It's just a marvelous, marvelous show. Well, that's interesting to me because when you say it's got jugglers and everything, when Fellow McDermott did Satyagraha here, he worked on Satyagraha Mm -hmm. of Philip Glass. a little over a decade ago, and things that they had on the stage were all for a reason. Yeah. There were craftspersons and people making things that were part of telling the story. And it, it's really a brilliant way of bringing these pieces to life in live theater. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the next one up for a change of pace um, is Wozzeck by Alban Berg, which opens in December. And that's going to be conducted by Yannick Nézé-Séguin. Yes, Yannick, our Jeanette Lerman-Neubauer music director here at the Metropolitan Opera with uh, one of my favorite artists in the world in any genre, Peter Maté, in his role debut Mm -hmm. as Wozzeck, who is... Uh, a fascinating character, a tortured character, a very modern character, and the rest of the great cast in a production by William Kentridge, who has made quite a splash here at the Metropolitan in recent years with repertory from early to mid-20th centuries, such as Lulu, also by Alban Berg, and The Nose of Shostakovich. Nobody, I think, thought that that would be quite the sensation that mm-hmm. it was. But I think that's good for this opera also, Wozzeck, which has had a reputation since its premiere in 1925 of being sort of, oh, no, this is this is one of those scary operas and mm-hmm. you need to do homework. And a, a reputation that is absolutely misleading as far as I'm concerned. I first saw Wozzeck without knowing that I was supposed to be intimidated by it. And for us today, this is not any sort of music that that doesn't have an immediate appeal and resonance. It, it is dissonant, but so what? So is life nowadays. And I think it's a great time to take a, a new look at Wozzeck in a new production, especially by William Kentridge and with this cast and conductor. Wozzeck is a thrilling theatrical experience. In any case, it's guaranteed to be uh, one of the highlights of the season. Wozzeck is a pretty harsh world. Tell me about what goes on there. Who is Wozzeck? Who is Marie, the female lead, and how do they relate to one another? Wozzeck is a soldier who is abused by every aspect of society, including a doctor who performs medical experiments on him, just a whole lifetime of minor and major humiliations. And Marie is his wife or his common law wife because they don't even have the luxury to be respectable, as he says, and be married. And so she represents yet another level of the misery and inherent abuse of modern life. So in a sense, they're these extreme characters from expressionist drama, but in another sense, they're also you and me and everybody. And The drama of how this happens and comes about is a harrowing and very believable story. Wonderful South African soprano Elsa Vandenhever is Marie, and I think she's a sensational performer. Right. And others in the cast, because the ensemble is very important in Wozzeck, too. It's a large ensemble. It's a short opera, Mm -hmm. but things things happen fast and furiously there. So, Mm -hmm. yes, Elsa Vandenhever will bring an urgency to that role that I think will be very interesting to people. Let's hear a little bit of the score of Wozzeck. This is an orchestral interlude from a Metropolitan Opera performance in 1985 with James Levine conducting the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra.
That's a Metropolitan Opera performance in 1985 of Wozzeck by Alban Berg. So for fans of Handel, we have a Met premiere coming up next for a new production, Agrippina, which opens in February. And that's going to be conducted by Harry Bickett, and it's David McVicker's production. And stars... Joyce Di Donato mm -hmm. in the title role of Agrippina with Kate Lindsay, Yeston Davis, Matthew Rose, and Brenda Ray. David McVicker did such interesting work with Julius Caesar, Giulio Cesare in mm -hmm. Egitto a couple years ago here at the Met. Another famous Handel opera. That's probably the most famous of his many operas. But Agrippina is also top shelf handle, and it's one of these, wait, how has this not been done at the Met before? It wasn't too long ago, a few decades ago, that people questioned if Handel's operas had any place at the Metropolitan, because they were, they were thought to be um, perhaps more appropriate for smaller and intimate theaters. Mm -hmm. But we've had a, a run of revelatory productions and performances of Handel's repertory. So it's high time Agrippina made it here to the Met. It's a beautiful, beautiful opera. Doing those things that only a great Handel opera can accomplish. Do you know what I mean? You, mm -hmm. you talk about stopping time and yeah. playing with time and then just sending you out in this way where your synapses are attuned in a way they hadn't been before the opera. I love Handel's operatic works. I'm so glad they're part of the Metropolitan Opera repertory now, and Agrippina definitely deserves to be in there. Agrippina is another new production at the Met of an opera that is built around historical characters. Who are these people, and why, do they, why are they so mean to each other? The historical moment that Handel turns into operatic dramatic gold here is in the days of the Roman Empire and the power struggles for the supreme honor, the throne, emperor. We have Claudius, uh, who you may have seen on television in the past, is the emperor, and Agrippina is doing everything possible to get her son on the throne, her son being Nero. So all of the power structures and the glories and the crises of the Roman Empire are all here acted out between these characters like a very portentous chess match. And this production, even though the characters are familiar from students of ancient Roman history or right. ancient Roman legend, right. it's going to be set in the present day. Which seems almost standard at this point? In mm -hmm. other words, to, to see that story, that human story that is so vital in, in the ancient myths and mm -hmm. legends without having it obscured by a certain level of costuming and stylization, mm -hmm. uh, I think is not shocking in mm -hmm. any way. And to see what's actually going on between these characters, I think will be very involving for audiences. Oh, sure. And as you say, it's a marvelous cast. Yeah. Which you need. Uh-huh. Uh, only the best. Right. That's who Handel wrote for, and that's what the Met's delivering. That's right. And so the last of the new productions to come up is The Flying Dutchman by Wagner, Fliegende Hollander, for those of you who prefer it in German. And that's going to have Valerie Gergiev conducting. Valerie Gergiev, who has conducted Wagner here in the past in a new production by Francois Gérard. And he did the somewhat recent 
production of Parsifal, mm-hmm. which is Wagner's last opera. This is much earlier in Wagner's career. But for me, just working on it, the Parsifal production and the experience of getting it on the stage and on the broadcast was one of the most important, not only theatrical experiences in my life, but really beyond that, a spiritual Mm -hmm. experience, as Parsifal can be at its best, but all Wagner can be at its best. So how interesting that we're now going to the other end of the Wagner canon for this opera, Der Fliegende Holländer, which is so immediately and lyrically in your face. Uh And Valery Gergiev also will bring that forth. That's guaranteed. We're also getting the return of someone we've treasured but haven't had a chance to see in a while, Bryn Terville. So Sir Bryn is coming back for he the He is in the role, in this very compelling role of the ultimate mystery man, the flying Dutchman. Is he a ghost? Is he a fantasy? Is he a very human person? Yes to all that. And so we'll have Bryn Terville in that role. And that comes in when? That will be in March of mm-hmm. 2020. And the Zenta is Anya Kampa? Yes. Oh, she's terrific. And this is also her debut? It is her debut at the Met, so I'll take your word for it and look forward to hearing her. <laughs> Let's listen to the overture from Hollander with Valerie Gergiev conducting the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra in 2000. Thank you very much, Will, for being here with me to discuss on this podcast the Met's new productions for next season. I look forward to them and look forward to talking with you again about them at another time. Thanks for asking me. I hope I didn't throw too much enthusiasm at you, but I not only love each of these, but I love how they cover different aspects of the operatic repertory. Something for everyone. Very much so. Yeah. Thank you very much, Will. Special thanks to F. Paul Driscoll and William Berger for giving us the inside scoop on all the new productions coming to the Met stage next season. Subscriptions to the 2019-20 season are now available. Visit metopera.org for more information, and individual tickets go on sale in June 2019. To keep up with all things opera, be sure to follow the Metropolitan Opera, the Metropolitan Opera Guild, and Opera News on your favorite social media platform. I'm Naomi Baratera, and thank you so much for listening.